Luke chapter number two, if you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. We'll begin reading about the shepherds in verse number eight. And so Luke chapter two, beginning in verse number eight, and we're going to read down through verse number 20. The Bible says, and there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. We're going to look this morning at the subject matter of a a life changing message. A life-changing message. Now, when the angels began to speak, when the angel began to speak in verse number 10, he first calmed them, and we'll give that in just a moment, but I want you to see the message that he actually gave them is in verse number 11, where he says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Boy, that's a life-changing message that was given that evening. Let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Our Father, we sure do love you. Lord, we thank you on, Lord, what it must have been like, Lord, on that evening. Lord, I'm thankful that you've written it down for us, that we have a copy of it today. Lord, you give us insight into what took place on that miraculous night when Jesus was born. Lord, I'm thankful that our world has a day that's set apart for us to be able to remember and to be able to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And so, Lord, I pray that you would encourage us today, but then, Lord, most of all, would you challenge us on this subject matter of this life-changing message, Lord, that was given to us by the Lord sending his angels that evening. And so, Lord, I pray that you do that work in each and every heart In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I believe that it had been just a normal day for the shepherds as they kept watch over their flocks that night. If you were to go back and think about what a shepherd had to go through and what their daily routine no doubt had been a 
a day of busyness of making sure that the sheep were fed, making sure that they were protected from the wild animals and thieves that would want to come in, but now they're bedded down for the night. I will say probably, just like anyone that's worked in that industry of walking and leading the flocks, that they were probably as much looking forward, the shepherds were, to a quiet night and to be able to get some rest, perhaps as they were taking shifts, as they were keeping watch over their flock that night. But what would have been a normal day and a nice quiet evening there out there on the hillside quickly turned into a not-so-normal evening. I don't know if they enjoyed sitting back and looking at the stars and being able to talk about astronomy, or if they sat back and maybe they would have to cover the, the events of the day and, and catch everybody up on what took place and the dangers that were out there and what they had to face, maybe also to set their plans for the next day on we're going to be heading this direction or that direction, or I've scouted ahead and there's grass over that hillside, and if we can just get the flock over there, we'll be good for the next two or three or four days as they look through it. The not-so-normal night quickly became upon them. The quiet and still night suddenly, as we read in the Scriptures, lit up with the glory of the Lord across the sky. Can you imagine how that took place if they're having the silent night, holy night, as they're enjoying the the countryside and they're just hearing the sheep and the restlessness around them. And then all of a sudden, the heaven lit up. At the conclusion of this message, the Bible says, as the angel of the Lord came upon them, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. An angel delivers a message at that time. And if that was not stunning enough, the Bible says after that message was given, the Bible says down here in verse number 13, if one angel and the glory of the Lord did not shock them enough, giving that message, and suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What went from a quiet and still night It went to the heavens being alive. And the message of this angel and the multitude of the heavenly host lighting up the sky with a message that would change their life forever. And I thought, what it must have been like. You see, sometimes we forget that these were just humans like you and I. How many, when you were younger, and maybe perhaps you did not live inside the city limits, that you would go outside, now when we were younger, we thought it was cool to lay on the grass. Now you want to sit on the porch and shut the lights off and look up at the stars. But you looked up there and started looking at the clouds or started looking at the stars, and you would enjoy, and as you looked at the stars... It just seemed like it would continue to multiply as your eye got got used to the darkness and looking up there and just enjoying the clear night. 
to be able to see what the skies and what we could behold. I picture it as a night like that. And then suddenly, as we just read and described, an angel shows up, and no wonder that the first words had to be, fear not. Because it just broke into their quietness. It just broke into their silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is clear. And the sheep are finally settled down. And then heaven had to light up. And they give this message. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And I want to share several things that I looked at down through this passage of Scripture. There are several things that I see. First of all, I see that this is a calming message that was given by the angel that night. And I made mention of this in verse number 10. As the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And so there's a calming message. You say, why would it have to be a calming message? Because of everything that I just described. And listen, I don't believe any of those shepherds had ever had an angel show up in the sky and begin talking to them and the glory of the Lord appear to them like it did on this Christmas day. A calming message that was put out there. But then second of all, I want us to see the context of this message. What was this message all about? It's not just a calming message. He said, but I want you to see the context that a Savior is born. May I remind us as we go throughout this Christmas season that yes, it's wonderful to picture a baby in a manger. It's wonderful to be able to sing and we picture the wise men coming, may I remind us, after the birth of our Savior and bringing the gifts, the gold, the frankincense and the myrrh and being able to worship the Savior. It's wonderful to be able to read about these shepherds and how they came. But can I remind us that it's not about the shepherds. It's not about the manger. It's not even about the star. It's not about the angel, but the context and the gist of the message is about a Savior being born that night in Bethlehem. It's about a lot of things, but the main emphasis, the context of this message is about a Savior being born. But then I notice, too, that there's a compelling of the message. You say, what do you mean a compelling of the message? Okay, after the angels have departed and the heavenly host, and uh, as they're saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men, I see in verse number 15, that after the angels were gone, that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem. There was something about that message that compelled them. They didn't just sit there and say, hmm, that was weird. They don't just sit there and say, never seen that before. They don't just sit there and say, we'll have to check that out sometime. I wonder if, I wonder if that'll be on the, the news in the morning. I wonder if that'll be in the Bethlehem Times. Did anybody else just see that? I wonder who the first one was that brought it up and asked the other shepherds, um, do you see what I see? <laughs> Maybe wondering, okay, um, 
did I just imagine all of that? I mean, heaven just opened up. There's a heavenly host that's there. But they began talking with one another, and they didn't just say, that was weird. We'll check into that. I wonder if someone else saw that. No, they automatically started talking to each other because that message compelled them and said, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see those things that we've just heard about. A compelling message, something stirred inside of them that that message changed their life that day. Unlike some of us, that miraculous things will take place and we'll say, hmm, I expected that to happen. No, they said, let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing. Now listen, which has come to pass because they knew who the message was from. You say, well, it was the angel that came and it was the heavenly host that was saying glory to God in the highest. But when they were speaking to each other, look what they said in verse number 15. Let's see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Can I say that the Lord didn't step out from heaven as of that point? He wasn't the one that was in the sky. It was the angel. It was the heavenly host. But let me remind us, it's not about the angels or the heavenly host, but they knew that message was from the Lord. And something inside of them compelled them, let's rise up, Let's leave the sheep on a hillside. I'm sure they had some helpers that were there and said, listen, we need to go see what's going on because the message compelled them. Now, listen, this compelling of the message, they didn't just say, let us go and see. But the next verse in verse number 16, I want you to see this. It says, and they came with haste. I kind of see them like it was with the little kids downstairs when pastor says, no running in church. Well, we have a way we can walk fast. (laughs) And it is the absolute funniest thing trying to watch a six or seven-year-old walk fast. And so something with these shepherds, they came with haste. Now, I don't think they were in a run, but I don't believe they were letting the grass grow under their feet either. They said, listen, we've just heard from the Lord. Heaven just lit up. Something's taking place in Bethlehem, and we better get there as quick as we possibly can to be able to see what's happening. They came with haste the compelling of the message. Now, isn't it wonderful here? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but the Bible says that they did find Mary, Joseph, and the babe. Can I say there's never been one message from heaven that's not true? It's just a side point right here that, listen, God sends a message, sends the angel out for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord, and then the heavenly hosts join him, and they're saying glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill. Let's go check this thing out. I will say this, for any person that's ever received a message from the Lord, you say, well, I've never had heaven light up for me. Well, no, but he has given us the word of God, okay? And anybody that's ever received a word from the Lord, they've always found out that that message is true. They could always have confidence in the message. They found out, yes, they found him. Imagine what they did, what that did for the shepherds as it actually came true and they found Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus there. Imagine what that did for them. I wasn't imagining the whole thing. 
That was true. What we just thought took place there, and it's, it's, it's proven to be true. And I'll just continue on this thought and say this. Over my life, whatever God has put in our hearts from the Word of God, listen, He has always proven to be true in my life. Everything that the Lord has ever said, every promise that He's ever made, God has always come through on it. There's the compelling of that message. But then after they had seen it, verse number 17, I want you to see the communicating of the message. The communicating of the message. The Bible says, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let me ask you something. If heaven lit up for you, and you found it to be true, and you find the babe and Mary and Joseph there in the, in the, in the stable and, and the babe lying in a manger, would you keep that to yourself afterwards? The communicating of the message, we're going to come back to that point. But then I want you to see the contemplating. Verse number 19, the Bible says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them, in her heart. Do you understand as she had just given birth to the Savior of the world? And yes, and it'll be sung at some point, okay? Mary, did you know? Yes. Okay? She did know. Now, there may be some of those things that she didn't know about, but I'll say this, the one thing about the message that she needed to know about was that he was the Savior, because that prophecy had already been given. The, the angel had already told Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Remember in Luke chapter 1, when, listen, she goes and sees um, her cousin Elizabeth there with John the Baptist, that John the Baptist leapt for joy in the womb of Elizabeth, and Mary cried out and said, My Savior. She understood who she was carrying, the contemplating of the message she knew. And now, for the first time, it's not just her and Joseph and the, and the baby Jesus there in that stable. But now, out of nowhere, comes this group of shepherds. And they show up. Can you imagine them rehearsing what took place on that hillside to Mary and Joseph that night? Now, if there was ever a time that I would probably believe they talked like rednecks it would probably be that night because shepherds would probably talk like that anyway, okay? They didn't put it in the highest class of language, but they would start it out like every other redneck story. There I was. And they were just sitting on a hillside, minding their own business, and heaven lights up. Can you imagine what was going on as the Bible says that Mary pondered all these things, contemplating these things, running them over and over in her heart? There was just a heavenly announcement. Now, we're not sure how much communication that Mary had with heaven for the nine months while she was expecting and I just wonder if she had received that original message and then Joseph had received that original message from heaven, but then maybe nothing over the next nine, nine and a half months. 
And maybe just that confirmation of the shepherds walking in and Mary and Joseph saying, you know something, we didn't dream it nine months ago either. That really was a message from the Lord. This really is the special child. This is the Savior. And here come the shepherds in, and they're telling them what the Lord had just made known to them because it caused Mary to sit there and contemplate and to ponder and to go over all of these things. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then in verse number 20, we have the continuing with the message. In verse number 20, the Bible says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The message did not stop with the shepherds. But they came back, and the Bible says that they continued to be able to broadcast it. Verses 17 and 18 say the same thing that they made known abroad. The saying which was told them concerning this child and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. As I looked down through this passage of Scripture this morning, and as I looked at the message that was given to these shepherds that was literally life-changing. Now listen, we're going to come back, and I want to preach just for a little while on the subject matter of the communicating. Come back to that, number four, the communicating of the message. The communicating of the message. But can I remind us what was so calming about this message? A Savior is born. What was the context of this message? A Savior is born. What compelled them to go and see this message that was just given to them? A Savior is born. What is the communicating of the message that needs to be put forth? It is that a Savior is born. What was Mary contemplating? All these things in verse number 19. A Savior is born. What was the continuing with the message that the shepherds gave to everybody? they came in contact with and gave them, a Savior is born. What is the message that is around the Christmas season that must be broadcast and communicated to every person that we come in contact with? May I remind us about it? A Savior is born. A Savior is born. Let's come back to it. The Bible says here in verse number 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And I want to share a few things as we look at the communicating of this message. And yes, you've probably uh, realized by now that there was a whole lot more in this passage. I'm trying to pick out one spot that God would allow me to be able to preach from this morning. There's so much about this message. What's the message? A Savior is born. I want you to see, first of all, that there was personal evidence in this message that they had. You say, what do you mean the personal evidence? The Bible says here, and when they had seen it. Have you ever come in contact and they try to tell you about something they've never experienced They've never seen it, but they have all the details about it. 
They try to tell you how something happened. Boy, did you hear what happened over here? And uh, from what I understand, this is what happened. They give you right down to the details of it. And then I always like to ask them, were you there for that? Well, no, I, I wasn't there, but, but that's what I've heard. And that, listen, their authority on the subject matter just went way down in my book, okay? All they've done is try to piece everything together. Can I remind us of this? Listen, the personal experience that the shepherds had, it was not something that they heard third hand. It was not hearsay as what is a popular legal term today. I object, that's hearsay. No one could come to the shepherds and say that's hearsay. They would have to say, I was an eyewitness of this. I experienced this myself. I was on the hillside. I was minding my own business. I was taking care of my sheep. I was listening to the sounds of the night. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord showed up. What happened, Mr. Shepherd? Well... This angel appeared out of nowhere. Well, I'm not just going to take your word for it. Well, let me call Mr. Shepherd over here. And he came over there. And Mr. Shepherd came over there. And another Mr. Shepherd came over there. You say, how do you think that was their names? That's all we're given. It was one big family. The shepherds. And they all come over. They all have this personal experience. And they're all given the exact same account. Yes, that's how it happened. Heaven opened up and gave us a message that a Savior is born in Bethlehem. They even told us how we're supposed to be able to find him. And we're supposed to go down there to to Bethlehem. And we're going to find Mary and Joseph. We're going to find the babe. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Do you understand that God knew even ahead of time that Mary would not be holding baby Jesus at that moment? You say, well, I don't know about that. No, even down to the details, you're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And guess what? You come down through here and look what it says in verse number 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe. You say, that's not important. Lying in a manger. This must be the right stable. This must be the right place. Here's Mary and Joseph. Here's mom and dad. Here's the baby. Personal evidence that they have here. Personal evidence that they had seen it. They had seen it, we're able to tell others. Can I make the spiritual application to it as we look at it? This message that's been given, the communicating of this message, if you're here today and you've trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, may I say this, you have a personal experience and personal evidence in your life that this is real. I guarantee that there were those that, and the Bible says that there were those that wondered at what they'd been told. The shepherds went and told them, and there were others that wondered, verse number 18. You know why? Because they hadn't experienced it personally. I found out this. I can start telling some people of what Jesus has done for me. Now, I could take the rest of the morning and I could actually go and probably spend most of the afternoon and into the evening and just start talking to you about what Jesus has done in my life. He saved me. I know this. I know that today, if I were to close my eyes in death, listen, I have 100% assurance that, listen, I'm going to open them in heaven. 
I know that I'm going to see my Savior face to face. Listen, he's given me a wonderful wife, given me a wonderful family, given us a tremendous church family, given us tremendous, provided for us, met every need on and on and on. We could go about what Jesus has done. And you know, there's still some that you go up and you start talking like that and say, hey, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. There's still some of those who'll sit back and say, well, I don't know about that. They'll still doubt that. They'll still act, uh, throw a shadow on that. They'll, they'll still, still try to cast doubt. They'll still say in their, in their lives, they'll start questioning that. They'll say, I don't know about that. They may start wondering about it. Try to convince the shepherds in Luke chapter number two that it didn't happen. I believe it would be about the same as you trying to convince me that I'm not a child of God and that Jesus didn't save my soul. You say, how do you know? Because I was there. I was there the day that he saved me. I knew exactly what was taking place. There's some they can't remember a thing and they were, they were two and a half years old maybe. And they prayed a little prayer and they don't remember a thing, but someone else told them, listen, you didn't have to convince the shepherds in Luke chapter number two. Hey, let me tell you what you think happened. No, they'd say, no, that's not the case. Well, how do you know? You weren't there and I was. Personal evidence. Listen, I heard it and I've seen it and it's true in my heart and my life. They could communicate the message. The only thing that they were desiring to do was go tell others what they had personal evidence of in their own life. Well, what do you think about the, the wise men and the magi coming in? I believe if a couple years later, if you had to uh, maybe talk to the shepherds about that, they would have to say, well, I don't know much about that, but I can tell you what happened that night that I was there. And you know something? I may not be able to give your experience of what took place in your life. That there's some that, listen, it might have been, God's been working on my heart and life, and you just decide one night, you know, I'm just going to trust Christ and put my faith in Him. And it might not have been earth-shaking. Heaven might not have lit up. There might not have been an angel announcing that birth. That might not be my experience or your experience, but I can tell you this. I can tell you what happened the day I got saved. When I put my faith and trust in the Lord, personal evidence in my life, and you know something? If you're a child of God, you ought to be able to tell what happened in your life that day. So I could, I could put it this way. You know, not everybody here, if I were to start asking questions and we're getting ready this next year to be able to go into, Lord willing, go into a building program for another building next to us, you know, there's some here that if that if I started talking to and said, hey, would you give me your opinion on, on what that concrete foundation ought to be? You know, there's some that are seated here this morning. You might try to give your idea, but if you'd be honest, and I, I would appreciate if you would, <laughs> that you just have to look at it and say, I ain't got a clue. I don't know about that. Now, if you want to talk about and, and pick out a, and pick out a trade, pick out something. If you want to know about stacking chips somewhere, I can tell you that. But don't talk to me about, if you want to talk to me about selling cars, I can talk to you about that. But not forming up concrete. You know why? Personal experience. 
But every one of us, if we're a child of God, we ought to be able to say, listen, here's what it was when, when Jesus saved my soul. Here's where I was. Now, you say, well, does that mean some saw a light and some were in a car accident? No. Here's what every account and every experience would have in common is that they placed their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what every one of them is going to have in common. Now, it might be a different time, might be a different place. In fact, let me just show you this. How many here trusted Christ and you got saved and you were inside the church building? Well, look at everybody else. Oh, well, you didn't have evidence. You weren't inside the church building, and so it must not be real. No, I will say this, and I could ask the question again. How many here that got saved, you got saved by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Every hand would be going up, whether in the church house or out of the church house. That's how it takes place. Here's what the shepherds did. Listen, the personal evidence in their life. But then I'll say this. There's a personal explanation that every one of us ought to have. And I'm talking about the communicating of the message now. A Savior is born. And I want to challenge us throughout this Christmas season. Every one of us in some way have experienced what the shepherds have experienced in chapter 2. You say, well, I'm not a shepherd. I haven't been keeping sheep. I don't have that experience. I said in some way. You may not be in on a hillside, but I will say if you are a child of God and you are saved today, at some point the Lord gave a message unto you that, you know something, you're a sinner. And Jesus paid the price for your sin. And if you'll place your faith and trust in him, he'll save you for all of eternity. Now, every one of us have that experience. Every one of us have that evidence in our lives. But every one of us ought to have a personal explanation to be able to go tell others too. Do you understand that all that the shepherds did on that night, they didn't make up a story. They didn't make up an explanation. All they did was go around and say, hey, you know what happened to me? We were out there and all of a sudden heaven lit up and gave us this message that a Savior is born, we go down to Bethlehem, and sure enough, just like they told us, here's Mary, here's Joseph, here's the babe lying in a manger. They just went out and told everybody else what they had experienced. They just explained that. You say, well, what's the message? The message is a Savior's born. And if you're a child of God, if I'm a child of God, then the message that we have been given, guess what we're supposed to be doing with it? Giving it to everybody else. You say, well, I sure wish that heaven would just open up and the angels would speak to me. Hey, we've got the word of God. We've got the very Bible that we can go. Hey, that came and went. Do you understand they never had a, a heaven opening experience again? The shepherds didn't. But every day we can have a Bible open and experience. And boy, we can take this, and boy, we ought to be telling other people, you know something? I get up this morning, and the Bible opened up, and I was reading it. Why not just tell someone else about what happened in your life? How many here have ever eaten at a good restaurant? How many here have ever eaten at a bad restaurant? A little more hands went up, okay. How many here have ever told someone about that bad restaurant that you went and, yeah, every one of us have. 
If we're a child of God, why is it that we spread more news about a bad restaurant we went to than we spread about the Lord Jesus Christ saving our soul for eternity? A personal explanation. Listen, at least three of the verses that we read down through this passage of Scripture, verses 17, verses 18, and verse number 20, talk about the shepherds going and telling others about what they had just seen and what they had just heard. They couldn't keep it to themselves. You know why? It was life-changing. Life-changing. You say, well, I can't say salvation is really that life-changing. Well, the Bible says that we've passed from death unto life. The Bible says that he's actually made us to sit together in heavenly places according to Ephesians chapter number 2. Bible tells us in John 14 that Jesus said, I'll go away, but if I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. We just get to spend eternity with Jesus. Wherever he is, we get to be. Boy, that's a blessing. I don't have to die and be eternally separated from God. Talk about life changing. You know, I've got joy in my heart today because of Jesus. I've got peace in my heart today. You know why? Because of Jesus. You say, well, the day I met Jesus, it wasn't that life-changing. Then I don't think you met the same one I met. You meet Jesus, he's life-changing. This message that was given to the shepherds that day, listen, I firmly believe from that night forward, they didn't come in contact with too many people that they didn't tell about what took place on that hillside. You know why that is? Go ahead and talk to a shepherd. There's not very many exciting things that happen in the life of a shepherd. Not everybody's like David. That he could go before King Saul and say, yeah, there was this time, boy, I took out a lion, took out a bear, they came, tried to steal one of the sheep. I slew them with my bare hands. I can't say that every shepherd had those experiences. But you know as well as I do, you meet that one person. That they had one big experience. One big exciting thing in their life. And they're talking about it for the next 40 years. So my dad had something like that. My dad lived a pretty uneventful life up in Maine. Okay? The big highlight of his life, the Lord used him in a great way. Started a church up there in Topsom, Maine, was faithful. 27 years pastor in that church, Tabernacle Baptist Church in Topsom, Maine. His claim to fame was this. We had a dairy queen in our town. About to close down, if it's not already closed down for the winter time. And up above it was a, painted on the top of that dairy queen, LBJ ate here. Now, for us as a younger crowd, we didn't experience seeing President Johnson come through Maine. My dad, I don't know how many times he told the story. Yes, I, I saw President Johnson as he came through town. And every time I saw him just like this. As he was taking a, it would have been a bite of his ice cream, not a lick of his ice cream. We discussed that in class this morning. It would have been a bite. He's like, I saw him just like this. 
as he was taking a bite of his ice cream. That's his claim to fame. That was the one big exciting thing that took place in my dad's life that I got to see a president go by. He talked about that to the day he died. But I thought, you know, there's something a whole lot bigger than that that's taking place in our lives if we're a child of God. Now, my dad was saved. He talked about Jesus. Don't, get, don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about on a physical level, that was his thing. But I thought spiritually, there's something a whole lot bigger that's taking place in my life. And that's what Jesus has done. You see, a Savior is born. The very definition of Savior is someone who is going to save people. That's the very job description that he was given. Why? He couldn't be a Savior if people didn't need saving. And what did he say they were going to save him from? Save their people from their sin. He couldn't do that if you don't have any sin. So can I say it's just assumed and just known that every one of us have sin and every one of us needs saving. And Jesus was born. A life-changing message. Can I encourage us today that if you are a child of God, you know that you've been saved, you've trusted Christ, then go communicate that message to everybody you come in contact with. Let it make a difference, not just in your life, but everybody else. Go tell them what you have seen and what you have heard. But if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, and maybe this is the first time that, hey, this message is being given to you, then don't just let it fall upon deaf ears, but let it make a difference and compel you, just like it did for the shepherds to say, hey, I need to know more about that message that was just given to me. I need to know more. Let's go see. What we were just told, see it with our own eyes. We've heard about it with our ears. Let's go see and hear, and then we'll go tell everybody else the difference that Jesus has made. And I want to encourage each and every one of us, listen, if you're here today, go tell someone else. Go tell it on a mountain if you need to. Go tell someone what Jesus has done for you. But if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, boy, today is your day. Today's your day to be able to hear about a Savior is born. And he was born for you.